Welcome to another Geeky On podcast. We have a slightly different show for you than usual this week. Um, we didn't have a guest this week, so what I did was I decided to sit down and have a little chat with the uh, co-founder of Geeky On, Tom, um, and he and I just decided to go over stuff that we were interested in, uh, in pop culture and, and geeky news, and just sort of do a little bit of a, just a... a chat cast if you will that's a working title I'm not going to use that um but we just decided to talk about uh, those sort of topics and and went over stuff about video games about film and television and technology and just just stuff that we thought is kind of cool and interesting so you know uh this is kind of an unusual podcast for us it's not the norm but uh, i hope you guys enjoy it uh we had a lot of fun talking about this stuff and hopefully you guys find it entertaining Keep it sort of brisk, you know. Keep it, keep it moving. Right. Yeah, um, and I don't know. This is kind of a it's a different format because normally it's it's kind of easy in the sense that if I've got a guest, then it's just like, well, we can just go. Okay, well, you I know they, yeah. yeah, they did this or that, and we can yeah. talk about that. I've done nothing. Case, so well, I mean, I wouldn't say you've done nothing, but it's hard to it's hard to just ask a friend. You know questions. Plus, I mean, you're you're a contributor to the to the program, right? I mean, like you're as much a a like co-founder of of Geeky. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't, like I was thinking about that too. I'm like I don't know exactly what your title is. I mean, you're I guess you're webmaster. You you inherit yeah. that title by the sheer value of the, uh, I don't know editor in chief. I was thinking that too because I mean you're definitely well. Pretty... We're both we're both editors on the site. I yeah. you kind of have the final say because you you decide just where the from a technical up. side. Yeah, yeah, just from the technical side. I have the final. You side, can yeah. kind of pull rank on this. Um, yeah. yeah, just in the thing. It's like, well, I'm just not going to put it up because yeah, I, I don't I want. I lost it. the file. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sorry about that. But uh, yeah, all right. Well, we're just going to do sort of a uh, a general, you know, state of the union sort of a deal. Okay. <laughs> like I guess just a state of affairs. Talk about stuff. So, um, you know, uh, let's get into video game stuff, because I guess that's more, that's probably our, between that and sports, those are like our two wheelhouses. Yeah. Our, yeah, wheelhouse is. Yeah, you can have. Can you have more than one wheelhouse? I don't know. That's, that's a great sports question. You'd think that we'd know. That's (laughs) right in there, but. Well, see, I know, I know of a wheelhouse from like baseball terms, but that's not even a proper appropriation of the actual, like that can't be where that came from. No? Like the term wheelhouse. Like a mill, maybe? Yeah, that's what I was wondering. 
etymology is yeah. probably not important. Know. Yeah, we'll just anyway, we'll, ride we'll, on past that. Yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll just go skate on by. It. <laughs> so video games. Let's talk that? video games. Yeah, okay. I mean, um, I've I've wanted to sort of get into just the whole like new console race as of you know recent. Not to be concerned with you know like not like a, a master race of consoles. Yeah. Because you know we're. We're not into that, no, you know. Not officially. I'm not into console genocide. That's just, it's not okay. I don't condone it. <laughs> what? Uh, but just like the, you know, I mean, you've got Xbox One, you got PS4, and to a lesser Wii extent, you've got the Wii, the Wii U's in the mix, yeah. And then you've got all kind, and then there's the weird stuff like uh, Amazon. Did you see like Amazon's I doing did a see fire that. console? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah, yeah. So, which is interesting. I think they've just given up on the Ouya, which is probably for the best because the worst name. Was that an Amazon thing or just the? That was Amazon. Really? Yeah, that was an Amazon product. So I think they abandoned that, rightfully so, because it just seemed like the idea of like a yearly iteration console. Yeah. Regardless of how cheap it is, is just terrible. Yeah. And I don't know why they just wanted to. I think they wanted to adopt the cell phone technology model for console, like for light console, casual ca- console gaming, and just like fuck off, man. Uh, yeah. and also, so the Fire HD is or like the Fire console thing is sort of a, I guess more of a just a general TV experience. Because I know like you can a, do kind of a set top box. Sort exactly. Of. Yeah idea which seems smart because you know their technology isn't built to to sort of address the hardcore gamer so why not give someone that you know you have that media player experience and you can play some games on it if you want yeah and I I guess Amazon has their streaming television and whatnot service that's right which is really good I've like I have seen some of the stuff through Amazon Prime and their their original television stuff is actually very good and they they are attracting really good talent, but we can get back into that when okay. we talk about TV stuff, right. which will come later. But anyway, um, you know you've got the the big the major players, the Microsoft, Sony, and Nintendo, and then you've got the fringe stuff where you've got uh, you know Amazon, like we were saying, and then also Steam, yeah, with the, the Steam, Steam boxes, boxes, yeah, which I I want to be good. Unfortunately, so far it looks like it's a real prototype. Yeah, and it's very very open-ended I guess right because it's not mm-hmm. sort of one set experience it's going to be a whole range of yeah. different experiences that you can possibly have so yeah. it's very much like the PC world brought to your yeah. like, home console yeah. sort so, of version I'm not sure yeah. obviously we haven't seen a final product yeah. yet I don't know what the advantage to that would be other than just building your own PC maybe yeah but and, and that begs the question and it's something I've wondered for, like, I've always thought for years when they talked about that kind of an idea, or people talked about the idea of, like, a uh, video game dedicated PC or a console, like, buying a console versus a PC. The biggest draw of having a PC is that it's also a fucking computer yeah. that you can do shit with. I don't, personally, I don't see the real sense of building a gaming console and spending all that money to have something that's dedicated yeah, for a specific ent- purpose yeah. like an entertainment thing yeah. at that point I'd rather just shell out the 500 bucks and get an Xbox One or a PS4 yeah and then you've got the whole you know just plug it in and, and play it yeah idea although that's kind of going away a little bit because I've, I've found that I haven't been able to play as frequently mm-hmm. the video games and so when I put a disc in for something like was was really annoying was playing 
I was at my brother's house and we were playing Little Big Planet 2. Yeah. And so we put that in and he hadn't played it in like a year or possibly longer and it just the num- the number of updates had to happen before we could actually play. Yeah, that's it a really took forever. And and firmware updates come along and and so forth. Oh my god. So that just just plugging it in and playing actually is becoming less no, true. No, it's true. It, say for for some reason you are not able to pe- play, you know, any video games for a few months. Yeah, plugging it in between the patches and the updates to the console itself like the firmware updates, you could be looking, you know, it's it's a couple of hours before you can play your game. Um which is it's funny because, you know, this is talking PS3 and Xbox 360 where you know, this isn't the online this isn't like the the online only experience that we had we've been sort of warned about that people push back against with the Xbox One, but you still face the same problems and it's still just as fucking annoying if you haven't been playing it the whole time. Yeah. So it's funny. Yeah, I think that consoles like like you know sort of the hardcore consoles if you want to call them that are already geared towards an everyday gamer. You know. Yeah. Absolutely. So I mean, it's it's uh, it kind of shows you that I think the the pushback against the Xbox One, at least initially, was probably more extreme. I think it was more based on sentiment than reality. Yeah, I agree. Not to say that I condone it, because honestly, I didn't like I didn't like the proposed ideas. I didn't like a, a no disc thing, and basically elimination of used games, and the idea that. Uh, you have to be online all the time, and that fucking sensor bar always being on, which it still is. You know, those were things that didn't appeal to me, but I also appreciated that they're not as big a deal as I think. They're, they weren't as extreme issues as people, you know, really played them up to be at the time. Yeah, which I suppose is usually true of most things. There's usually a very extreme reaction. That's how that the internet kind of, Yes, yeah, on the internet that then kind of gets tempered out yeah. over time. But... Um, which man, I mean, that's that's a reflection of sort of culture in general right now, and that you get like a very like you get a quick to anger mob of people that are really frustrated and angry, and then it dissipates. Like yeah, all that anger just okay. disappears, yeah. and people become complacent so quickly. Or it gets refocused onto the next on the next thing, next topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just like there's a, a part of humanity that's angry, and it just shifts, and then it'll just shift to something else. And yeah, but. Getting onto the video game consoles, um, one thing I've noticed about the PS4 and the Xbox One is that they don't seem to be, there doesn't seem to be the kind of fervor uh, that was probably expected around them. I mean, uh, the sales has been pretty good, but not extraordinary. Uh, obviously, here in Canada, there's been the, the pushback of the, the Sony, the, the PlayStation 4, had the price hike, it went up by 50 bucks, making it 450 versus 500, which really starts to take some of the edge away from Sony in terms of the... Of yeah, the, it the, narrows the gap a little bit, because... Well, I'd say substantially, because The I Xbox mean, One was the extra $100, for the but then it's too, got like the sensor bar and everything included, whereas the PlayStation 4, you have to purchase the... What are they... Not the iToy anymore. But it's like That's, an eye or something. Yeah, like PlayStation Eye, yeah. I think. Yeah, um, which is it completely... Um, peripheral yeah it's not necessary fundamental to the experience but if you did want to do that yeah uh, then essentially that's the price difference right there which is something I applaud about Xbox like with Microsoft putting the sensor in every bundle of the Xbox one because if they really less fragmented though yeah they're standing behind their product in a very strong way 
because the in, on the Xbox 360, the Kinect was never going to land. It just no. couldn't. It came out so late in the game, and it was an expensive peripheral. I think it was 150 just to buy it on its own. Um, and it just it was still new tech, and no one knew really how to develop for it or really how yeah, to make it. Yeah, it's going to take a, a little while to get, um, from a developer perspective, sort of what what do you want to do with this device? Like, what is possible to be done with this device? Yeah. And, you know, I think they're starting to get a handle on it now. I think it's... I don't think it's a good gaming experience, personally. I don't like... I, the idea of, like, standing in front of a camera and waving around is yeah. in, it's, inherently moronic to me. <laughs> it's, uh... <laughs> There's nothing to interact with. It's stupid. I just... And it, it offers less fine control, I suppose. Certainly for movement. I, I mean, it is pretty... It's a pretty accurate camera system. Oh, extreme. But it's, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to play, you know, Mass Effect through a Connect. Yeah. I don't think that would be something I'd want to do. Well, I don't know if that's the intention, but. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think it is. I don't, like I think the when they well, first like launched the call, it was it the Call of Duty where they had the reloading the gun with your hands. Oh, like, really? The whole, I don't know. Oh, I, I think, think it was future a demonstration. Show, I, I think uh, yeah. the, the Tom Clancy Future Show, uh, Soldier. Shoulder, uh, you know the, <laughs> the future of the shoulder <laughs> by Tom Clancy. Uh, but like, I think they had some gimmicky stuff that they yeah. were trying to incorporate. I'm not sure if that was even made it to the game. I I just remember yeah. on the stage the guy was kind of slapping a clip in or something like that. Yeah, which yeah. again, it just doesn't it doesn't land because uh, yeah. there's no verisimilitude when you, there's there's no tactile interaction. Yeah. One and thing also, I'll give, I don't care. Like from from a gaming perspective. I don't care about physically reloading the gun. It's just yeah. that that is a gameplay feature that you have to take well, into yeah. account. The fact that you're going to run out of ammunition at some point. And then I'm fine with just you hit a button when that happens. And it's it's almost a timing thing. Like Especially oh, yeah. in, a, in a Call of Duty thing, it's kind of a rhythm. You have to kind of lay down some fire and then find the time to reload and stuff. Well, and that's, that's the thing, too, is that I think... I think sometimes even game developers overlook the fact that people don't necessarily play these games because they want that, they don't want an authentic, uh, you know, sensation of the, the actual experience. Because, I mean, no one will play Call of Duty if they want an authentic military experience. No. They play something like Arma, which not that many people play not because it's many, fucking yeah. boring. It yeah. sucks. I, you know, <laughs> I hate that game. I mean, like, it's just, it's just painful you know because it's just like an actual military combat exercise where you might fire your gun a handful of times and if you get shot like once you're dead and you won't know where you got shot from and yeah. you, there's no respawning that's like no one wants that experience you want an arcade sports like or game like experience where you know there's a there's a framework that is completely outside of reality that is entertaining. Yeah, it has its own set of rules. For exactly. Yeah. You know, like no spawn camping. That's that's yeah. an important rule. An unwritten rule. Exactly. And lots of teabagging. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that you know that that whole that whole side of like the the motion stuff, it's clearly kind of it's already being passed aside because in the new generation of consoles, they they haven't even tried to to play it up. Even with the Kinect being on the Xbox One, it's really more like a navigational tool yeah. and like a recognition tool, which I think is great. It's yeah, great technology. It's just not gaming technology. What I hear most about that is the, like the voice activation, mm -hmm. and, and which is speakers. funny because it's the camera that's amazing. Yeah, that's the it's the it's microphone, microphone yeah. that, that, that that's more useful. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the price, price inflation, at least here in Canada, which is a very, I mean, anyone listening not in Canada probably doesn't care about this, but it's, it's a relevant topic here because for me, one of the biggest edges was Sony had like it by all accounts, better hardware for a lower price point. And that's a huge draw. Now it's, it's a lot more yeah. gray. It, it, the PlayStation 4, when it was released, was actually quite competitive, competitively priced from a historical perspective. If you yeah. remember how much, for example, the PlayStation 3 cost, which was a very, very expensive Which was not competitive at the time. Even, uh, like but I, even I would... compared to, say, like a Sega Saturn kind of a thing, the PlayStation 4 coming in at 399 was a pretty good price when you factor yeah. in inflation, inflation and yeah. so forth. In fact, I think it's actually pretty low by a, a general yeah. standard. It, so it, it was a good price, yeah. and I think just raising the price after the fact I wouldn't think that happens very often I'd be interested no. to see how often that has actually happened yeah. and, and I the know reason that they've done that just to just for the listeners is because the Canadian dollar to the American dollar is a little bit lower right now I think it's yeah. 90 cents yeah, it's, on the it's, dollar it's dropped a bit like you know yeah because it was I wouldn't say it was, the parent, but it was like of, yeah. 97 cents on the dollar kind of thing so I mean it's dropped maybe 7 let's say between 7 and 10 percent Still doesn't really justify the inflation, yeah. Because that's a ten, like that's a what fifty dollars on four hundred. That's over ten percent. Yeah. So the inflation's more than the the difference in the dollar, uh, which you know begs the question uh, as to why they would do it. Not to mention the fact that no one else has really done that. You know, no. like the Wii U hasn't increased in price. Well, they couldn't justify it even if they could because they wouldn't that sell would it. certainly be an interesting strategy from the, their perspective. <laughs> Let's make our low-selling console more expensive. <laughs> That's bound to work. They'll want it more. It'll be a luxury item. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the Xbox One hasn't gotten more. And just generally no. speaking, uh, electronics haven't really gone up in, no. in the wake of the, the dollar going down. So they can justify it technically. But I really don't think that's why they did it. I actually think that we might even be, to a certain extent, a pilot market. Yeah, that's that's very possible. And also, the games have gone up to sixty four ninety nine, sixty nine even in, oh, in a lot oh, of yeah. cases. Yeah, and they they did that a few years ago. If yeah, I recall they did that with one of the Call of Duties, possibly, probably like three. Modern Warfare two, maybe. Oh really? I think they they experimented with releasing that at sixty nine ninety nine. Hmm. I didn't, uh, you know what? I think you're right. And the funny thing is, is they decided to solve that problem by instead getting people to pay $50 yeah. after their purchase yeah. on additional content. So, you know, whatever way you can fleece people out of money, right? Well, it's a business, yeah. <laughs> but that's true. Um, but I don't know. I, I think it's interesting because, I mean, Sony's, they, they've raised the price. They're still outselling Xbox, certainly here. Uh, and I'm pretty sure globally the numbers I think are so. in their favor I think right these now. numbers that I scribbled down here before the show, I believe those are worldwide. Okay, so we'll then run run through those okay. a bit. My back of the napkin of calculations here. So from November to the end of March, it looks like the PlayStation 4 sold just under 7 million. And the Xbox One in approximately the same time frame because they came out within about a week of each other. A couple weeks, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Xbox One is at about four point two million. Okay, so that's a pretty big edge yeah. right now. Still really early. I mean, sub ten million units. That's not a huge indication of the overall impact. But and just to throw it in there, the Wii U is at about six million, 
from November 2012. So yeah, so in a year's time. Months. So yeah, I mean, the yeah. PS4 is clearly the like the victor in this early stage, which, you know, that's not nothing. That's nothing to be discounted. Well, you'd certainly rather be ahead, Yeah, I think, from Sony's perspective. Well, and I mean, the thing is, if you look at the last generation... The Xbox 360 came out before the PS3 by a decent amount of time. It was about a year, yeah. yeah. I actually scribbled it down here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, exactly. And when all was said and done, the numbers on the two consoles was actually we pretty, pretty close. close. Yeah. So it doesn't mean much right now. In the grand scheme of things, there's a lot of there's a lot of game playing, there's a lot of marketing strategies that are going to take place over the life cycle of these consoles. So I don't think there's really any cause for concern that this is a less worthy, you know, cycle of consoles, or that this is like, you know, you know, somehow just uh, the the one that like that people are going to lose interest. I think that these things are going to keep selling well, but in this initial stage, we're just sort of seeing that. I think people are still feeling feeling it out. And I think because there's just not a lot of killer like must have games. In yeah, in a lot of ways, sure. I'm almost surprised because Sony has less compelling games right now than at least Xbox One's very one very compelling game being Titanfall you know which is obviously a huge deal a lot of buzz I mean it's a it's a really cool game it's an amazing game um and it's nice to see those guys like respawn the guys from uh uh Infinity Ward doing a new game yeah and doing it well which is great because I mean I've never been a huge Call of Duty fan but I respect that those guys made a very good game very distinctive game at the time yeah. exactly and you know that they went off and did their own thing because and regardless of whatever the case was at Activision, you know they they went off they they did their own thing and they, they created another game and they proven that they still know still how to make it. a good game yeah, yeah like it wasn't it wasn't the Call of Duty it wasn't thing a one-off, yeah. exactly they're just very smart people that made a very good game, um, I mean leading out of that though uh, the other big news obviously in new consoles is uh, the the VR technology that's that's been popping up obviously the Oculus Rift being the real pioneer of it, but recently Sony announced that they're doing their own headset. Yeah, kind of out of nowhere. Yeah, been super out Working of on for a few years. Yeah, which is, that's interesting to me. I mean, the Oculus has been out since, or it's been in a prototype stage since I think 2012. Something like that. I think it was a Kickstarter. It's right, it was. Um, so I have to wonder, was Sony really ahead of them on that? I mean, they might have had something in the, you know, in R&D but I don't know, like... Yeah, well, I mean, they've actually... Sony have worked on headsets before. Because remember, they had the... Sort of the head-mounted televisions, almost. That's right. Like, and yeah, the... I don't think they they didn't play any games or anything like that. It was no, just it was a, just like a, a... thing that you could put on your head to TV watch glasses. TV. Yeah, yeah essentially. essentially TV glasses. Yeah. So, I mean, they have experience making head-mounted screens. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess maybe they thought, hey, let's revisit that. Yeah. That's play some video see, games to me. On. That's probably more what where it would have been at, like when they heard something about Oculus gaining traction, because they were like, "Oh, this you is, could take this existing yeah. technology we developed, throw some accelerometers and stuff like that yeah. in it, and some gyros, and suddenly you can make this more like a VR headset." Um, which I think is, I think it's great. I'm really glad to see Sony doing it because. I, I like the idea of one of the big manufacturers really validating the the experience. Here's my concern. Sony will almost undoubtedly make that a console-exclusive piece of hardware. Um, yeah, I would think so. Yeah, like I see that being something where there, it would be a, a PlayStation peripheral 
and you would only be able to use their product with their console. Um, but I don't think that that kind of uh, tactic w- would work with something like this kind of technology. I mean, similar to motion control where that really flopped and, you know, because like uh, something like the Move or the Connector, you need to buy something on top of the existing experience. Already you're, you're at a disadvantage because you've got, you know, developers, less developers want to actually work with it because it's only a certain percentage of the people that own the console are, are going to actually buy the peripheral. Exactly. And then you also have to consider the fact that it's just, it's such a niche product and that do people really want to have this expensive headset sitting around just for their experience playing uh, their, their console, which is why I, I really like the Oculus and that it's a, it's a third party, it's outside of everyone else. Um, and, you know, obviously the big news being with Oculus that they, they've been bought up by Facebook. Which is probably the last person anyone expected to buy yeah no one would have saw that coming yeah and there have been obviously there's a lot of pushback uh a few developers have said they'll they'll never develop for it now i think notch Notch was one yeah which i mean he's i think a lot of what where he was coming from was the privacy yeah policies and and, i mean facebook obviously do a lot of what they do is about collecting data well yeah it's advertisement so exactly they're very well, I mean, Google's very similar in that way, too. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, it's... I, I appreciate that that argument because it's it's not invalid. It's, it's a good point. The one thing I do like about Facebook buying their te- that technology, though, is that the, it really lends itself to, one, it being very platform agnostic, and, two, that it being more multifunctional than just about playing video games. Which, again, I think that VR technology needs to do that to really gain traction. Because if it's just a video Niche, game peripheral, yeah. it's just not going to catch the, you know, the imagination of the, the general public the way that it needs to in terms of like its success. I feel like VR headsets, if they're going to really take off, they need to be like the extension of the television. Like it, the next iteration of the television, that everyone would have one in their house, regardless of playing video games, because it's just a way that you experience media, right? Yeah. I mean, like that's that's the way I see it. I mean, you could be using because it could be your computer screen, or it could be your your video game experience, or it could be your your you know home theater to watch a movie. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of different applications for it, and they're all val- uh, valid. And if it's not being developed in that way. From the onset, it's going to be really hard to kind of convince people that it'll have any traction. Yeah, that's true. And I think that was the thing with Facebook talking so much, especially from an advertising perspective. Uh, But just in general, thinking about it from a non-gaming point of view is not something that I had really considered because the Oculus Rift was very much a video gaming idea oh that yeah was, that's that was where how it was pitched well i mean like i remember i watched the kickstarter video and one of the biggest champions was um one of the the heads of Carmack. yeah from it yeah. right yeah yeah exactly so you know you've got video game developers and like cliff blazinski was on the video for saying like this this is amazing technology you know like all big video game names or video video game developer names um you know endorsing it but that's the thing is Mark Zuckerberg for all of whatever he's, you think of that guy he saw it as more presumably than yeah seen something different and I think that to me was when I first saw it it was Facebook that bought them yeah I was like well what 
what is that going to be like? What am I? I so the first thing I'm picturing is looking at my Facebook feed with a virtual reality headset on, and I'm yeah, it's a completely different paradigm for me. I don't, I don't know what that would look like at all. But presumably they have some kind of a different idea for what the Oculus Rift is going to be. Yeah, and what how it could be used. Yeah, and I guess there's a lot of pretty interesting things you could do. Like maybe you could go to a virtual mall and walk around, and then you've got little virtual guys flagging you down because they've got your data. They know you like this kind of thing, so they put a certain <laughs> type, they put certain types of stores in this maybe. virtual mall for you. <laughs> maybe it's just like on the periphery of like you know your screen of your Facebook page or if you look just off to the side you know there's uh, there's like a face just yeah <laughs> it's just like a person being like hey hey yeah I've got these uh, you know I've got this geeky t-shirt that you probably want to buy you want you want it so <laughs> yeah for some reason it's got audio too huh? did you ever <laughs> did you ever use PlayStation home no I never installed I, it I I did install it once, but I never actually played it or yeah. loaded it up, however you want to say. So, I don't know. Like, Is it going to look something like that, where you walk around with other virtual people see, and I don't high-five see, each other? I don't see it being used in that way, though. That's the thing. I don't know. That, see, I, I clearly have no idea what Facebook <laughs> has in store. Because the way I see how you, like, how you would utilize a technology like that is it's just like turning... Turn, instead of looking into a monitor that's like a window... Uh, you're looking at a wall, you know, and and so like you know like you can look up to find crap that you want to look at that's relevant. That say less relevant uh, than the most pertinent information, which is going to be yeah, looking head right. on. Yeah, you know, like so you can kind of look around to. It's almost like the way I'd see it is if like for internet consumption or something like that, almost like looking at giant poster boards or something like that, where you've got huge. Uh, you know, like you've got information on your periphery, and you only need to look at it when you want to, rather than having a monitor space that is occupied by everything. You know, like that that web page is going to take up everything it can in that window or in that monitor, um, because it needs to. You know, so that's like I mean, conceptually, that's the way I look at it. Who knows? So, how would you, in your house, how would you set up your virtual reality chair? Like, would you have it just in the corner of the kitchen so that, you know, when someone comes over, you're like, just a second, you know, I've got to check, you know, my emails. Well, that's, that's and you're just weird. So are you just sitting on a stool in the corner and just kind of moving your head all, all over the place? Or are you going to set up, like, in the X-Men? Like where a you, Cerebro? Yeah, like you go in and you're just sliding this helmet on and you're like, don't bother I me. I think everyone should have a Cerebro in their house. I don't, I is that going to become a thing? <laughs> or like a closet? Because it doesn't matter if you have a... a you, could, you could be in a broom closet. Yeah, exactly. You've got one of those closets <laughs> under the stairs and you just go sit in there. Like, it's fine. That'd be the saddest thing. It would be very sad. But at least it's efficient. Yeah, like your neighbor comes over like, hey... I, think the only I, I need some sugar. I don't have any sugar. Do you have any sugar? And they can't find you. They just hear you mumbling <laughs> from the closet under the stairs. Just <laughs> You know nothing, John Snow, yeah. as you're catching up on Game of Thrones episodes. <laughs> Rob, no. <laughs> oh, man. I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's a it's an interesting thought and it's yeah it's crazy to think that you, you, with technology like that you know maybe you don't 
um, the entertainment center with a giant ass monitor. Yeah. Or maybe you do have something like that for like, you know, when, when you have people over, over and yeah, stuff. as opposed to, or everyone brings yeah. their own helmet. The only thing I do know is that you need to have a jerk-off station. That's a must. <laughs> like, you need to have somewhere, you need to have like on for hand. The, for the VR specifically? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Or well, I home. mean, you have to figure every, every technology is basically optimized once porn really gets its yeah, fingers Yeah, the internet happened. Exactly. Once once porn really found out how to a make... A lot of DVD features with the porn, like with the multiple <laughs> angles, like different camera angles. I <laughs> picture think in picture. And... Yeah. <laughs> you don't like that angle? You change it, because sometimes there's an angle you're not really oh, appreciative man. of. Uh, I know that, like, one of the weirdest things ever. So, in like, VR, are you going to, like, literally move around and change your own perspective? <laughs> you could. To see what You happened? could. If you want to really get in on that money shot, maybe you can <laughs> lean in a bit. That would be very complicated to film. You have yeah. so many cameras, yeah. like a three-dimensional representation. Well, that's an interesting thing, too, is that uh, I was seeing a, a feature, and I, I wish I could think of the, the name offhand of who was doing it, but there there's people looking into basically shooting film, like videos and stuff like that, right. 3D. Uh, that or was, not 3D, like v- VR. Like, so, yeah. so it was uh, David, the new David Attenborough thing I think was going to be for Oculus right or oh okay yeah yeah no I know he was doing yeah. that I don't know if like I was it's going to be filmed in that format I think so because I know they're working on stuff like 360 degree cameras and stuff like that so when you're shooting a scene or something you know the the viewer has the ability to look around which is weird to me because it also seems kind of pointless because you know television and and film is it's an evolution of of theater which is a very uh, directed format. Yeah, they, there's they, certain things they want you, you to focus you want, on. Yeah. They want you to look at stuff. I mean, you could still, you know, like maybe there's a little bit of room to look around, but ultimately <laughs> they, they want your vo- your focus trained on particular things. What would a zoom in be? You know, like, why, like how would you, you would just, like, that would kind of break the reality a bit. It's like, oh my God, I'm, I'm suddenly getting pulled into this. I th- or just like you're at the red wedding. And, and all this stuff. Okay, we gotta we gotta lay off on the the Game okay, of Thrones well, references because, yeah. just especially in light of today that your girlfriend probably spoiled one of the most like huge yeah. parts of that show for me today, which was amazing. In in fairness, was, I've never it was had, very succinct. Yeah, I've uh, I've never had something spoiled for me as effectively so as that briefly, was. And just so one abrupt. sentence, the only sentence that was yeah. spoken about Game of Thrones all day was yeah. an immediate spoiler. So, okay, so spoiler free. <laughs> you're you're in this scene, and the, you know something is gonna happen, but you're looking the other way, and you're just looking at you know, <laughs> there's just some guy cutting up some mutton. <laughs> some guy's just cutting some mutton and, and chewing on it, and you're like, man, that looks pretty good. Suddenly you look over, and all hell's broken. Yeah, and everyone yeah is gone. <laughs> just like the, they left. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. I, so they're on the next scene now. Like, you have to like, you have to get yourself to move around with the camera. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's it's interesting though because there's also the opportunity for fun little Easter eggs and stuff, and it also yeah yeah sure. And there's the sense of like already there's a you know there's a variance in a, a person's experience watching stuff, especially now with TV where people watch it at different times and in different ways. Like you know you can you can binge watch and all that. But, like, to have an, a viewing experience where you might catch things or, like, nuances in the scene by looking at something somewhere, like, on the table. Yeah. You know, there could be an Easter egg there where they set something up very intentionally. And you could be aware of that that someone else wouldn't be because they weren't literally looking at it. Well, there was that whole episode, uh, season two of Community, 
one of the first episodes of season two where Abed, his whole storyline took part in the background of, of the different scenes. Like, he had this whole storyline play out where he, there was some pregnant woman and then there was a jealous boyfriend and he was, you know, trying to reconcile them and then he ended up delivering a baby in the background. Wait, wait, that actually happened that in the episode? Yeah, that was the episode where Pierce's uh, mom died. His, yeah. You're kidding. Because, I mean, they referenced that and in then right at, episode. Yeah, and right at the end, Shirley is, you know, asking where Abed's been, and he's like, oh, you know, I was on my own adventure kind of a thing. Yeah. But that it, actually happened, because that whole, his whole storyline in that episode took part in the background. That's amazing. And see, yeah, that's the thing where... You know, you can actually explore that in in a VR kind of setting where you can look yeah. around and stuff. But uh, I mean, that's a, a decent point to I guess break off into the next thing I wanted to talk about, which was uh, I saw Captain America: The Winter Soldier uh, just yesterday, which was a very cool movie. Um, it was it was like watching like a superhero movie like The Avengers or something, with the sensibility of like like the Bourne Identity or something. You know, like it, it was very much a spy thriller, but all of the trappings of these big blockbuster superhero movies were there. You know, like crazy huge set pieces and insane over-the-top action. Exploding and buildings. A lot of those, yeah. yeah. Um, not quite Michael Bay level, but, you know, still a lot of exploding stuff. Um, but one of the things that I thought was interesting about that is that there was a lot of... Like, I noticed that there's a lot of pipe being laid for both, like, the the future of that franchise, but also just the, the future of, like, the Marvel Universe. And, uh, I mean, recently there was in the news that Kevin Feige, who's, like, the executive in charge of Marvel Studios, he's essentially, like, the, the key guy. Like, he really kind of puts together all of the, like, he's the guy kind of keeping the, I guess, continuity or whatever of all of those movies, has said that they've got, like, the next ten years planned. And I thought that was a really interesting thing because they're really doing something different in the in the film world to anything else I can think of. Yeah, I, I would think that a 10-year plan for multiple movies, especially intertwining, you know, tangential franchises, would be probably unprecedented in film history. I can't think of where that would have happened because I really, I don't get the feeling, for example, that the Bond franchise was planned out in advance. I feel like, no. other than the fact that, you know, some of them obviously were novels. Yeah, book adaptations, yeah. But I, you know, it was just kind of like, well, here's a villain, here's Bond, there's, you know, a, a lovely lady involved. But, you know, it's kind of fly by the seat of your pants kind of a thing. And I, I exactly. don't think that there's any kind of plan uh, on this kind of scale that has happened before. No, yeah, and... Uh, I you see already the the DCs. I don't want to say like they're not quite aping them. They're not emulating them entirely. But you can see they're trying to go for a similar thing with the Justice League, where you know they've got the Tying Batman, Superman, Batman yeah. Superman movie where Wonder Woman's going to be in it as well. And they've got all these other superheroes that they've done movies to varying levels of success. I mean, God, Green Lantern was really bad, uh, <laughs> but. You know, like they've got they've got TV series and stuff like that, and similarly Marvel, they've been tying in the Agents of Shield show yeah. with uh, that, and they've got the Netflix series that are coming with Daredevil, um, and I think Luke Cage and Iron Fist, and I'm not sure what else, but that's a very exciting prospect too. Yeah, I think that the whole the, the Netflix story arc, it almost makes more sense than doing the conventional television stuff because it can be digested. Um, separately, almost like a movie. Yeah, sure. but you know, um, unlike well, like 
one of the big things with Marvel right now is that they had an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. episode that tied in with the Captain America Winter Soldier movie. And I've heard a lot of different uh, opinions, like that it's, you know, it's, it's you need to watch the one and, and uh, like, you know, to understand the other. Or, like, you know, you need to watch the movie to understand the episode. Or if you watch the episode before the movie, there's all kinds of spoilers. Um, and I've heard other people say that, you know, like, they both stand alone pretty well. But the thing about that is that it's it's tough in this day and age to do appointment television and to really execute yeah, that well. Um, versus if it's on Netflix, you know, and you can say, like, you know, like, oh, if you watch this movie, if you watch this episode on Netflix, it ties in. Someone could just do that yeah, at any point it. in time, and there's no, there's nothing really inhibiting them. Um, obviously, from a marketing perspective, there's money to be made, you know, tying those things in on the timeline the way that they are. But you know, someone watching, if no one, if someone hasn't been watching Agents of Shield, and they really liked Captain America, and they're like, oh, well, this episode ties in. They're not going to understand. They're like they're going to have some barrier to entry to a certain extent because they're not entirely up on what's going on in that show. So uh, I mean, it's still very procedural. You can still kind of hop in, but it's it's uh it's got its own picadillos. It's got its own problems. Uh, Netflix, I think, is is a much nicer way to sort of interweave stories comparatively. Yeah, but um, it's interesting because I think comic books are really the only the only kind of medium that you could do this in film with. You know, that you can have so many inter- interchanging story arcs overlapping so many movies. And Well, there's it, a volume of material with, with comic books that you wouldn't have necessarily with... Oh, yeah. I mean, if you look at a, a massive book series in terms of both popularity and just the amount of paper that it takes up, I mean, you've got the Song of Ice and Fire. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones stuff, but that's just that's just one... That's series, one right? series, exactly. And I mean, <laughs> you could almost do something like that where you do different movies based on different like houses or something like that. But, you know, that's not really in the nature of the, the actual books. It's really taking some liberties. Well, yeah, and in, in the later books... <laughs> Uh, I haven't actually read them, so I'm yeah. you know, Me speaking, from should, point, yeah. <laughs> speaking from somewhat of a point of ignorance. Yeah. Well, I have read the first two books, but the later books uh, actually take place at the same time, but from different sort of perspectives, so I guess... Okay. Anyway, that's kind of neither here nor there, anyway. Well, no, it, it almost lends to what we're saying, that you could you could do movies like that or something, do different ones and do different perspectives and interweave those stories. Um but ultimately, I think the comics are really the only way you could do yeah. this the way they're doing years it. There's and years of material there <clears throat> with these recurrent characters. Yeah. So you can, if there was something that you liked that Daredevil was up to in, you know, the 1980s or something like that. Yeah. You can bring that back. And I mean, the way that Marvel's been making their comics in recent history, they've been all about these big tie-in events. Like the the Marvel events, like the summer like the zombies. Uh, zombies was a thing. I don't even know if that constitutes as one of the events, although it was a big, you know, universe-wide thing. Yeah, that's yeah. right. But I mean, there were story arcs like Civil War, uh, World War Hulk, Maximum Carnage. Um, that's that's a little bit further back, but uh, and that was actually just Spider-Man. Um, but you know, there was uh, what's a more recent one? Uh, there was the uh, Secret Invasion. Uh, there's the but basically all of these different and Avengers versus X-Men was another more recent one 
But all of these sorts of things, which, as a footnote, Avengers vs. X-Men won't be happening anytime soon because Fox owns the rights. So that's an interesting thing that they're going to deal with in the next movie because they've got characters that are related to X-Men and Avengers, right. which are Quicksilver and, uh, and Scarlet Witch, and they're just going to have to deal with it in a different way. But that's... Like I'm not going to get into or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> the Red Witch. And quick shininess. <laughs> quick oh, nickel. <laughs> quick, quick aluminum. <laughs> that sounds like a kitchen product. It does. Just, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, they've, they've got... Uh, a lot to draw from in terms of building this this universe and there's not really many play there's no other place really where you've got all these existing char- characters and story arcs all existing that you can sort of that already weave together that you can do that with yeah. films um the thing i wonder about is one what does that mean really for their like the long-term sustainability because at some point they have to reboot you know actors get older uh, stories get fucking hashed out, and uh, you know, it, like, and you maybe have to, uh, you know, move with the times as well, because it could be that you've got this ten-year plan, but the way that maybe the popularity of movies changes, like maybe audiences start to like certain things, maybe they get really big into romance and stuff like that. Yeah. Got to focus more on romance. I don't think that's going to happen. Or westerns. Yeah. Maybe westerns make a big comeback and you've suddenly wait, got to you know, veer, for the western cup. veer off to the left there. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden you've got like a Incredible Hulk set in yeah. the Old West. The Old West, specifically. <laughs> or, or more likely, I suppose. It's just, you know, changes in the actual world that yeah. take place. Like yeah. maybe some major events like like September 11th and you know god forbid that something like that happens again but just major events and then you've kind of they maybe they want to work that into their 10 year plans I hope I yeah. mean presumably they're building in some sort of flexibility and I'm sure it's adaptable well. yeah um, but it does it does make me wonder are they going to tap like are they going to tap their own market dry to the point where you know they can't make another movie similar to Batman where they can't make another one for you know, a good number of years. I think Batman begins, and between that and Batman and Robin, the last one, I think there was a gap of about it was seven I think, years. Yeah, I think it was ninety seven for Batman and Robin, and two thousand five was Batman Begins. Yeah, so all, like eight years. Yeah, you know, like, and I almost wonder if that's going to happen with Marvel in that. And the thing is, is the way they're doing it, it's across all their franchises. They're going to have to give everything a bit of a break because eventually, if you want to do. You know, a new Captain America, a new Incredible, a new Iron Man. And that's a big one because, you know, Robert Downey Jr., he's almost 50. Uh, and I think he stated that the next Avengers, that's the last movie he's going to do. Um, so you have to look at, like, how are we going to replace this Iron Man? And, you know, like, so, I don't know. They, I, I kind of wonder if they're not going to tap their own market and you're going to have to wait another 10 years before you start seeing another set of Marvel movies. Yeah. I mean, maybe they will, but... Uh... I doubt. They I guess they might I think they're well. going to try not to because yeah, they want to keep that train going. Yeah, exactly. They'll they'll probably do their best to keep it going, and then I, you know if it dries up, it dries up. But yeah, and I mean I I feel like a sap because I've seen every Marvel movie so far, including like, Daredevil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's not true. Like I've seen everything from Marvel Studios. I mean, like even the prior to that, I've seen most of them. I think I, 
I didn't see the second Ghost Rider movie, and I haven't seen Blade I did, Trinity. I did see the first. <laughs> it was Ghost Rider. Not was, the best. It wasn't great. <laughs> it wasn't great, no. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've already, like, all the Marvel Studio stuff I saw, I, I'm pretty sure I've seen all of it in theaters. Uh, you know, like, uh, starting from, what was that? I guess what was the first one? Iron Man was the first one they yeah. did like that. So, I mean, I've seen... Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor... Well, no need to go through all the fucking list. But anyway, like... <laughs> Jesus. It'll depress me when I think about how much I spent on those goddamn movies. But, you know, like... They're, they're taking my money as it is. And I imagine they want to keep taking my money as long as they can. So, you know, I'm sure they won't... Got, I mean, it, they won't it's not stop like they're just making... I mean, they have been very good movies. No, they've been making excellent yeah. movies. That's the thing. And they I want to... They've done very well. Yeah, but. exactly. I've... I don't think I've ever walked out of one of those movies feeling disappointed. Like, yeah. I don't think I've ever felt cheated um, at all, actually. Yeah. I think the closest might be something like Iron Man 3, which, in fairness, I didn't see that in the theater. I think that's the, the only one I haven't. And that was probably... I don't even want to say disappointing. It was just the, the least impressive of, yeah. the, of, the, of the bunch. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a weird model. I've never seen anything like it, and it's... It'll be very interesting to see how that shapes out. It's certainly very ambitious. Yeah, and it makes me wonder if, like, are other comic book studios going to try and emulate that? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Marvel's in a weird position because now they are, they're owned by Disney, so they've got those resources. Yeah. You know? But the, the closest thing I can think that would parallel right now is Star Wars, like the Star Wars universe. Because when you think about it, there's so much, there's so much canon, there's so much, uh, there's so many stories. You could really have this multi-channel like, like machine of content coming at you between films involving like the main Star Wars story and films with the fringe, fringe stories, TV yeah. shows. And I think that with Star Wars, actually, that that's probably a better comparison than Game of Thrones was in that mm-hmm. there are the sort of the same universe that they get a bunch of different authors to work on. That's right. And it's sort of expanding the the universe. Yeah. The fictional universe. So I'm I, I don't know. I'm curious maybe, as to whether they'll draw on that at all. And I mean I considering it's owned by Disney as well now, yeah. maybe maybe that's gonna be the model that tie Disney in, tries to work in. Tie it into Marvel. Yeah, yeah. and, and it, because it makes sense in the in the you know, sort of the, the landscape of media now. I mean Television isn't really television so much as it is a sequence of, like, like it's the format of how you're you're seeing these episodes or, you know, like, the serialized content. Mm. Um, because you, you watch it on, like, laptop. You watch it on your laptop, you watch it on your computer, on your tablet, on your phone in some cases. It's not about, what, you know, tuning into this channel at this time. It's not really about that anymore. It's really more like... Is this a story that makes sense to take over, uh, take place over a series of episodes, or is this one big movie? You know, and I think, uh, yeah, Star Wars is probably the next logical thing to to adapt that kind of a format, and I'm curious if they will. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess one other thing since we're we're on the show, the sort of talking about TV, uh, what what have you been watching? Let, uh, let's sort of talk about like I guess our our little rundown of what we're thinking of uh, TV shows these days. Well, um, HBO, I guess, has come come back in a big way the last yeah. couple of weeks because obviously Game of Thrones came back. Game so of Thrones sorry returns. again, sorry for the spoilers. <laughs> yeah, just and and for I guess some context, uh, we're talking about like basically episode two, which just get, like season we're four. Season four, yeah. Season so four of episode yeah. two, and, and like uh, basically it just came out yesterday. 
and I basically made mention of Game of Thrones coming back. And, Being excited. Yeah, and, and uh, just without hesitation, she just the first thing she said was just spoiled the, the key moment of the episode. one sentence spoiler. Yeah, yeah. I think it was like two with, words, with three no, words. No preamble at yeah. all, just stating what occurred. <laughs> And it was it was so jarring that it was like it's it, I was I thought it was funny more than anything because it was so abrupt. But anyway, that's that's back in the the first episode was excellent. I thought it yes. was a really good of all the seasons. Yeah. I think that might want, might have been one of the best and launches back it did, into the it show. did very well considering the the first episode of a of a season tends to have to do a lot of heavy lifting. Right? That's right. You kind of have to catch. Catch exactly. you up on what are what are all the characters doing at this point, mm-hmm. and it, it did quite well because I actually watched the episode twice, and the first time I didn't actually realize how little time we spent with each of the characters. Yeah, I had thought that uh, the Hound and Arya had more than one scene together, but I don't think that they did. They, it was actually just a sort of a long is, scene, at and the it's end. an amazing. It is scene. a fantastic scene. Yeah. Speaking of Wild West, that's very much. Kind of a Wild West. That is, yeah, you know, standoff the, almost that, the that occurred there. Barroom brawl kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was. It was a great moment. Yeah. Um, and it was an awesome callback, and it just a lot of really cool stuff and that happened. Just, but you're right. I think yeah. every every uh, character that's you know going to like a prominent character got a little bit of love. Most of in them. That there episode. were there were a couple. Uh, Stannis obviously on Dragonstone. And, yeah, uh, and the the red and Bran. And I guess you know Rickon, the young, the youngest Stark, yeah, yeah. with Osha. Uh, you know, I don't know if we're actually going to see them that yeah. much. I feel like their narrative purpose is not actually important at this particular for this, for this juncture. Time. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, it's but yeah, with a couple of exceptions, it pretty much visited on everyone and introduced new characters That's like right. the Martells, who were yeah. look very interesting to me. Yeah. So. Um, I noticed the the one she was in Rome. Yes, and she's yeah, she was great in Rome. So I mean, that was that was good to see her. I I can't remember her name off the top of my head. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but it's it was a very really nice reintroduction to the world, and it was a great you know season opener. Um, I feel like I'm talking about baseball. The season opener <laughs> was fantastic. I got very entertaining. Back. Yeah, but that, uh, <laughs> we won't get into that. I don't think we've got time um, to talk about. Also, baseball. also Veep is back. Yeah. HBO comedy, which I really enjoy. Veep. That's that's a very funny show. Yeah. Uh, and they debuted Silicon Valley, which is a Mike Judge. That I'm really uh, curious about. I know that uh, they've got Kumail Nanjiani on that, who I'm a big fan and, of. That yeah. dude is. Funny. I haven't actually seen it yet. No, I mean, I, I thought I saw Martin Starr. Was that Martin Starr? I think I he is in it as well. Who's Who again? I always enjoy. He's yeah. usually, you know, not the highest build person in a production, but I always enjoy his. He's work. he's like he's always he's great in ensemble stuff because yeah. he always really toes like he really carries his part really well. And even but just that seems sort of one off like, like back to Community again, the the episode with. <laughs> Cligoris? Yeah. Cligoris? Is it Cligoris or Cligoris? Either is fine. <laughs> and his love of debates? Yeah. That I really enjoyed his sort of one-off character in that as well. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I, I guess HBO has kind of been big. Yeah. Mad Men also I mean, came back last night, which kind of yeah. came out of nowhere for me. I mean, I assumed that it was coming up sometime soon. Yeah. 
And awesome, <laughs> right before that, Netflix released all of season six. So anyone who is not caught up on that show can do so on Netflix, which is awesome. Because I hadn't watched all of season six yet. I need to finish it. Um, but yeah, that's that's a one I'm looking forward to. And that's this is the first part of the final season, right? Yes. Which it's doing the same thing that Breaking Bad did with its seven and episodes. And Walking Dead does all the that's time true. now. Yeah, and all the time. Just seems to be AMC's new format. They seem to, or at least whatever they can get away Although with. Although, I mean, with Walking Dead, they have sort of, I guess, two half seasons a year. Yeah. Like, they have that's from, true. in the that's fall true. and then sort of early... Versus early Breaking year, Bad was which a was straight... a full year. Yeah. So, I don't know why they didn't just call them seven seasons, because mm-hmm. it was a full year in between. Yeah. Breaking Bad is two... Like, it's a year separation season to season. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's... I, yeah, I don't understand They're why. really just short... Seasons, yeah, as opposed to two exactly. half seasons. But yeah. when you really think of the last regardless. season of yeah, the part one and two of from last a narrative, season of Breaking Bad. from a narrative structure, I suppose you could say that they yeah. were. Although season one and season two of Breaking Bad, season one ended right where season two picked up. That's right, exactly the same scene. Yeah. But anyway, so what have you been watching? Um, well, I've been watching um, Community. I've, I've, like I've been really enjoying. The Return Community. I mean, there's one episode left, I guess, in the season. Yeah. Um, and it's been really on point. I've been amazed with how little I've missed having Pierce and Troy. Having, uh, you know, like, Donald Glover and uh, Chevy Chase are two... They were big parts of that show. Yeah, they were very good in the show. They were. And but I, they've I expect- done quite well. I think part of what they did... Um, is maybe just kind of expanded a bit. Like they brought, they Chang seems to show up more often. Yeah. John Oliver obviously is back. Yeah, and, and he's been. I think he's been in more episodes this season than he's been in any possibly pri- like, everything combined. Yeah, uh, uh, certainly more than anything in the past two years. Maybe more than even like any individual season, like one or two. Yeah. Because yeah, and then uh, they've got what's his name that's from Breaking Bad, Mike Armitrout. Right. <sighs> I can't remember. Hickey. Hickey. Yeah, but, Hickey. but I'm trying to think of the, the actor's name, but he's he's excellent. Oh yeah, I can't. Um, but he's been, to be honest, he's been a great. Like he basically is filling the role of Pierce, but he yeah, does but it in a, in a yeah. very unique way. He's not the same character. He doesn't have the same sensibilities. He just fills that sort of out of touch character. Um, but he has a very different sensibility. He's like a he's handy less, dude. He's like you yeah. Know, he's sort of less goofy yeah. than Pierce, but more kind of just not understanding everyone else. I think one of my favorite jokes of his was in the recent episode where they had the new app, whatever it was called. Oh Meow yeah, Meow Beans. And Meow, Meow Meow Beans, and which he, had an amazing cameo from uh, Tim and Eric. Yeah, like that was. And his only reaction. Uh, Buzz Hickey's only reaction was just and just like he he didn't even know how to respond to it it was just so foreign to him but he knew he didn't like it no he well he doesn't like most things also his the frequent references to his comic strip Jim Jim the 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 duck duck, yeah yeah, is um it's amazing it's also just a weird like like layer to his character which I think is great um but the other show I guess that uh I've been watching recently has been um Orphan Black actually which is just coming back which I've been really impressed with that show because as a Canadian show I expected it to be bad because, as you would which yeah. you, I, I really hate that I say that because like I I have nothing against Canadian television I just think that generally they play it way too safe uh, there's just yeah. it, it's usually meant to, it's usually intended to play broad because it is a smaller audience and you know they just don't have the 
kind of budgets and they don't have the kind of uh, the flexibility to sort of be niche like that. But Orphan Black is a very genre show and it's but it's done really well. It's like it's a really smart science fiction kind of show. The acting is phenomenal. Like Tatiana Maslany, the the lead character, the lead actor is fantastic and. Um, I mean, season two is just starting up now. I don't know if it's actually started, but I know I need to get on top of it's that. It's certainly very soon if it's not. Yeah, there's a lot of advertising right yeah. now, which I, I'm happy to see, because basically, <laughs> I, I swear it's because the buzz happened outside of Canada that like now it's getting advertised in Canada, because it really didn't get that much attention, but now that it... Because it's a BBC America show, and it's also on space. Um, but I think because... The, the success on BBC America garnered a lot of attention. Now suddenly we're like, oh, everyone, yeah, like, you know, all the advertising, here, yeah. oh, you should, you should watch the show. Yeah. You know, it's our show. <laughs> but um, it's, it's great. I, I really look forward to seeing this season. Um, but yeah, I don't really know what else uh, to really talk about that I was watching, but I, I think that's probably about as much as we can really talk about this time anyway. I mean, we're coming up on an hour, so. Yeah, well, we could we could jump into The Walking Dead, but to be honest, once I start talking about The Walking Dead, it'll be half an hour. Yeah, and I, to be honest, I mean, I haven't I haven't been watching the season, so I can't comment. But I I want to know your thoughts because I I keep hearing that it's improved, and I I'd like to have a reason to go back to it. I just don't want to feel cheated like I have for the past three seasons that I've watched. Yeah, <laughs> so I don't know. Um, but I would, I would say, to sum it up, it's aspiring to be better. Yeah. And with mixed results. Yeah. But I at least applaud the effort. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's important. Um, that it, Like, I mean, any show can go off the rails. It takes a very special show to really figure out how to get it back on track. And speaking of community, community is one that arguably really did go off the rails and found its way back on. Although, to be fair, I really don't attack season four the way that many do. I think it was actually pretty... It was a watchable season. Maybe not, you know, amazing. But I didn't think it was really off track at any point. Well, I I mean, I watched it once. Yes. So I guess you could say it was watchable. <laughs> it was watchable. Yeah, so I, I don't know. That kind of takes us to an hour, but... Um, yeah, uh, I hope people enjoyed listening to this because it's, uh, I don't know, we probably won't do too many of these, but it's nice to be able to sort of pepper our thoughts into things and people can listen to our obnoxious fucking opinions every now and again. <laughs> Fuck all y'all if you don't like it. <laughs> and there goes my audience. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, as much as we like, I like to talk to creators on the show and everything. It is important to kind of get back to what we actually like and like, like why we love this stuff and yeah. why we love talking. Yeah, about it. absolutely. Because um, that's what's that's why we did it in the first place. So, you know, hope people enjoyed uh, listening to us prattle on and tune in next time because I'll have guests again. I promise. <laughs> Okay, so there you have it. Um, like I said, this isn't going to be, I'd say, a, a sort of a standard format for us, but it is something I would like to do a bit more. Um, I think Tom and I uh, talking about sort of the these topics and and you know these uh, the subject matter uh, brings brings a certain level of you know character and personality to what what we're doing with the podcast because 
I really do love having, you know, uh, creative people and having amazing artists and talents uh, that I get to interview. It's it's fantastic. But at, at the end of the day, I also want this to be, you know, about the particular perspective that we bring, you know, to this this news. So um, I hope you guys found it entertaining. I hope that uh, it kept your attention. Uh, I would give you. Um, Tom's contact information for social media, but he doesn't tweet. You might be able to look him up on Facebook. It's Tom Hall, but I just just stick to the Geeky on Facebook page. There's also uh, the Geeky on at the Geeky on on Twitter, and of course, there's always my handle, which is at e Houston, H O U S T O U N. So. Um, Reach out to us. Let us know. Uh, if you like the podcast, awesome. Please let us know. If you didn't like it, yeah, whatever. You can tell us too. Uh, or, or what you'd like to see more of. So uh, I hope you enjoyed it this week. Next week we've got uh, more fantastic guests that I'll be interviewing. And uh, I'm not going to spoil who it is yet. But I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, hope to catch you guys next week. And uh, yeah, hope you enjoyed it.